Hello and welcome to the Women's Words podcast. I'm your host, Gabs. I created this show with the sole purpose to give amazing ladies the opportunity to share their journeys and experiences on a whole range of different topics that I still feel are not given enough support, awareness and education. We'll be keeping it raw and unfiltered by getting down to the nitty gritty, discussing everything from women's health conditions to chronic illnesses, body positivity, mental health and much more. I hope you all enjoy. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Women's Words podcast. Joining me today is the lovely Beth. Hello everyone. Hi Beth, how are you? I'm doing good, how are you? I'm good, thank you. So me and Beth have already had about a 10-15 minute chat just about <laughs> life really. Um, and dogs, the most important thing. So I thought it was time to hit record. Um, so for those of you that don't know who Beth is, Beth has an amazing Instagram page called Beth's Battles. So on there, she raises awareness for autoimmune and chronic illnesses. So I'm going to hand over to you, Beth, if you just want to explain in a little bit more detail, because there's um, some conditions of yours that I know what they are. Some I can't pronounce very well or spell. Um, So if you can just explain a little bit more detail, that'd be lovely. Yeah, that's fine. So I basically started off my Instagram account, I want to say about last May time, um, just mainly because I felt like I was strong enough to talk about everything. Um, So I have basically been diagnosed with gastroparesis. So that's my worst and probably main condition. Um, Mm. Aside from that, I've also got POTS. I've also got Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. And I also really struggle with um, chronic fatigue syndrome, which is also known as ME. Why is it with chronic illnesses that, do you not feel that no one just has the one? Honestly, you get lumped with loads and then it's like another symptom flares up and you're like oh it's all right it's fine it's just my normal condition the next minute you've got another five diagnosis and you're just waiting for more that's what I always feel like I try to ignore some symptoms because I feel like I just don't want another name but I know it will happen (laughs) so what were you first diagnosed with um so I was first diagnosed with gastroparesis that was the first one but it actually took me six years to get diagnosed um, it might have been a couple of years longer than that, actually. But I first got sick when I was 12. Um, mm. And it kind of just slowly, as the years went on, everything just seemed to progress. But even though I only got diagnosed with, you know, POT, CFS, all of that a few years later than the first diagnosis, I've been struggling yeah. with them all for a long time. It was just actually getting the official, yes, you've got this. Oh, God. So why did it take so long to get a diagnosis? Was it the case where there wasn't a lot of information about the condition or yeah so I think it was to be honest with you I think the main issue was was the first ever doctor that I went to see went down Mm. the wrong route of what was wrong with me so every time I kind of got passed to another doctor and then another one and then another one they was trying to go down the exact same route of that first doctor without actually taking a step back and thinking do you know what something else is wrong so I actually don't think I've even talked about this on my page yet but I've actually been diagnosed and undiagnosed with Crohn's disease three times oh really yeah because the first ever ever test I had it was um uh, endoscopy and colonoscopy it was that was when I first came really sick and the NHS waiting list was way too long so my mum and dad um I think it was my dad's work that had private kind of medical insurance so yeah decided it was best to go private let's just get seen straight away find out what's wrong and the first test they did, they found out that I had 
literally my whole entire stomach esophagus and bowel was covered head to toe in ulcers oh my so God. with that and with me feeling sick they just assumed that it was Crohn's disease even though I explained I'd never experienced problems with my bowels at that point and mm. they just automatically assumed because that is one of the quite significant from what I'm, I've been told um symptoms of Crohn's um, and because in, I think one of my aunties or something has previously had ulcerative colitis, they just automatically assumed it was that. So I think that was the hard thing of trying to make the doctors understand, I don't have this, this isn't much wrong with me. And, you know, they was pumping me with steroids, all these, try, you know, treatments to try and treat Crohn's disease. And it was only when they realised that nothing was, was working and my symptoms was only getting worse that I finally yeah. got a good doctor I actually said you know what Beth I don't think you've got this so let's undiagnose you for the third time and let's actually look about what's wrong with you and then eventually the tests that they have to do for gastroparesis you actually have to keep the main tests are basically gastric emptying test and um, you can do other ones like barium swallowing meals but in order to do the test you actually have to have food and keep it in whereas that's one of my main issues. I can't keep food in for a long time. So that's why it took so long to get diagnosed because I couldn't complete the test. <laughs> oh, God. It's such it's a hassle, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So, so now, obviously, like, with your diet and stuff, is there certain things that you can't eat, certain things that make you feel really ill? Um, so basically, with my gastroparesis, um, there's kind of different levels of gastroparesis. Some people can have it and they just kind of have flare ups every now and again. And then some people um, have it quite bad, but they're okay every now and again, you know, they don't need a feeding tube and things like that. Whereas mine's like the other end of the scale. Um, I literally can't keep anything in orally. So even if I don't eat and drink anything, I still vomit about five times a day. Um, when my natural acids actually build up and sit in my stomach, my stomach just can't handle it in it. So my whole stomach and actually a little bit of going into my bowel is also paralyzed. Um, so with diet related, I kind of talked about this on my YouTube channel, but I actually do eat and drink um, kind of as a normal person would do. You know, I tend to mm. have small meals and often, but I just know that it's not going to stay in. Like not a single thing that I have will stay in. Um, so I do just try to eat like small and often, but it's literally just for the pleasure of eating because it's yeah. really actually quite hard not to eat. And especially if you're doing things, you know, like going out for Mother's Day or it's your friend's birthday um, mm. or someone wants to invite you out for a coffee. Um, just little kind of scenarios like that make it a massive challenge not to eat. So I do. There are a few reasons why I eat. That's one of the main ones for the pleasure. Um, also, because I get super hungry because the feed that I have in my feeding tube um, doesn't fill me up. So I'm hungry all the time. And another reason was my doctor actually recommended to me to try and at least try and make your stomach work just in case far down in the future, there's a cure that comes out. They don't mm. want it to have completely seized up because your stomach is a massive muscle. So just try and stimulate it as much as you possibly can, even though if, if it's not going to work, at least you're trying. Oh, that's crazy, isn't it? So yeah. do you... Do you feel like uh, specifically with that condition, that's what's impacted your life the most, kind of eating and everything yeah. surrounding that aspect? Yeah, I definitely think that gastroparesis is one of my main and worst conditions, um, mainly because it causes me the most pain. Um, it has changed every single every single aspect of my life. Um, obviously, I've got a feeding tube that goes into my bowel. 
and that takes up a lot of time of the day that in itself causes me pain every single day you know can get an infections and just having to keep it clean all the time I obviously rely on feed through my bowel medications fluids um I'm attached to a machine 10 to 11 hours a day I vomit about 30 times every single day no matter what so I just feel like that condition has changed my whole entire life um whereas everything else as much as that does affect me that just Mm -hmm. kind of seems sometimes quite small compared to everything else that my gastroparesis causes that's crazy and how how does it work with work do you find it's a struggle do you find that you're in a good routine with it yeah um I've definitely found it extremely hard the past previous years and a lot of people and especially a lot of people in work you know managers always say to me how do you actually work you know how and a lot of people on Instagram say this to me as well they don't understand how I can work with the amount of times I vomit you know my medicine and how poorly I am all the time but I just think I'd find it super hard not to work and I've always worked since I've been 16 but one of the main things that I've had to change is the actual what I do as a job so I can't be on my feet and I have to make sure that I'm sitting down constantly and working from home I have to obviously work from home now I never used to um, and diagnosed with CFS and POTS but since being diagnosed now that's why I had to change jobs to a more suitable job but the main thing that you know helps me in work is the fact that they've accommodated to me and my needs you know I work for a public sector job so I'm covered with sick pay and anything like that so that the job I've got now couldn't be any better for my condition but I don't realistically think I would be able to do anything else apart from what I do now yeah I do think um for people in the chronic illness community it is very difficult when it comes to work and it's it's so rare that I hear stories when I talk to people about working with having chronic and autoimmune conditions that they're in a position where their work are really understanding and um, yeah. they can obviously work from home and it breaks my heart because I wish that um, there were more workplaces and companies that had a better understanding um, and kind of not different policies kind of treating people differently but in a sense yeah. they should just adjustments for everyone to be able to work but I think that is the major difference between the public and the private sector I think it makes a massive difference because the public sector have a lot more security for your job um, and I would yeah. I've spoke about this on my YouTube as well I would highly 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 recommend anyone that is struggling with an illness or a condition that affects the day-to-day life try and get a job that has disability confident rules so they have to for example, if you applied for the job, if you're under the Disability Act, they actually have to give you an interview. Um, they also have to make accommodations and they also have to make sure they don't treat you any differently than anyone else. Whereas I feel like the private sector, they kind of get away with it a little bit more because their more fo- main focus is making money. Um, so you're yeah. a lot less of a person to them. Whereas if you work in the public sector, you've got your massive benefits like working from home, um, making adjustments, security of the job, and sick pay is a massive one as well. Massive one that, especially everyone else, I'm sure will understand that when you have conditions, you don't know what any day will bring. So you could be fine yeah. for three weeks and then you couldn't be bed bound for three months. Whereas a job where you're disability protected, that is a massive benefit. And I can't tell people that enough. It just makes a massive difference depending on who you work for. Yeah, that is so true. And 
I remember like previous jobs and stuff because I, I work from home as well and I'm I think I'm so grateful that I'm in a position where I can work from home and work for myself as well but yeah. it is just such a shame when I've worked at previous workplaces and I've almost felt like I've been penalized for having a condition that I don't have any control over yeah and I think that's a hard thing for to get people to understand I actually I think in my last job before I left when I was a travel agent and um, again it was an office job but it was in the private sector and I think I was given four disciplinaries or something like that um in regards to my absence because they all work on that absence scheme whereas if you're off three times in a year that you get a warning and they just yeah certain things like that is when I think companies should make massive adjustments to understand that you know what this person isn't actually just pulling a sickie or the hungover they yeah. have a genuine reason so just make adjustments that yeah. are a bit different for everyone else this is exactly what I had um when I was at a job a few years ago and it's kind of like I'm not off like you said for like random occasions yeah. I'm off for the same thing constantly with something chronic and then it's like what are you going to do sack me and then certain criterias if you don't fall within a criteria to receive help from the government you're then you fall into this gray area where you can't get a job you yeah. can't get any support from the government what are you supposed to do sit at home and twiddle your thumbs yeah it's, it's just such it's really hard to find a balance between finding someone good to work for and then also finding someone that will treat you right and I think it is it is really hard and honestly my heart goes out to any single person that tries to work when you've got an illness because it's taken me years to find someone a suitable job for me and it does take a long time but once you find yeah. it it really helps um, yeah I agree exactly finding the right one for you that is something because it does take a massive amount of stress off you as well mentally when you find something that treats you right you know the way you deserve to be treated that's the problem isn't it because I I find with myself specifically and I think a lot of people do um stress is a massive trigger yeah. when you have um chronic illnesses and that's kind of like you need to alleviate unnecessary stresses and I think that's so important to try and do obviously it doesn't always work because I feel like stress is always going to be a factor in life yeah. but yeah. it's it's looking at things and thinking okay that's stressing me can I change that can I adjust that can I do anything with that yeah because yeah. I'm a ma I'm like such a stressy person. <laughs> I'm always stressing about lots of things that I could probably not stress about, but and I'm still learning different ways to cope with it because I yeah. find if I get stressed about something, I'm going to be really ill. Yeah, I definitely think you're 100% right there because stress definitely makes a huge impact on the way your day goes and like I said, it can be a big trigger for a lot of things as well. I know for a fact when I'm a lot more stressed, it affects my sleeping really bad. And then yeah. that then leads on to affecting my POTS and my CFS and everything else. And it's it's so hard to find the right just level and balance. But one of the main things is just really trying to put your energy in the right places. And it's a big thing. When you've got a chronic illness, health anxiety is so real and mm -hmm. health stress and health worries everything it's 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 impossible to live a stress-free life when you've got a chronic illness and um, but That's it's so just true. trying to find the right balance of what you can do to help yourself um, and then eventually obviously help your conditions alongside but it's it's not easy no I totally agree so when you're feeling stressed about anything or to do with any of your conditions and you're having a flare or you're just 
feeling like shit, what are your self-care? What do you like to do to unwind or make yourself feel a little bit better? So one of the things that have actually really severely helped me is actually my Instagram page. Um, before I had this, I really severely struggled with kind of just accepting myself and yeah. kind of understanding that it was okay to be different than everyone else. And social media used to be a massive stress thing in my life. And I actually didn't, well, I wasn't active on any social media for years mm. before I actually started this account. And I find that helping my stress levels and kind of self-care is actually just speaking to people, speaking to yeah. people, being open and honest with other people, how you're feeling. Um, I've had to go to therapy as well. That severely helps massively yeah. with my stress levels. And one of the really good things that I found as well, if maybe my phone isn't the right place and maybe that's causing a bit of stress, the best thing I do is I turn my phone off and I won't turn it back on for hours. I'll sit in bed, I'll put a proper chick book on and I'll make myself a cup of tea and just chill. Like, you know, just really switch off from the world. That is yeah. the one thing that I find really helps sometimes. If I can't find the answers in speaking to other people, I definitely just switch off from the world until a new day. And then I kind of think, right, okay, new day, let's just start again. And it really does help. Um, so I think trying to do things like going on social media can sometimes be a bit of a, an even bigger stress for some people. Yeah, it's it's a weird old place, social media, isn't yeah, it? Really. Um, but I, I get what you mean in terms of social media, your Instagram page helps you because it's a bit like a therapy. If you kind yeah. of, you're in you're in this community and I kind of feel like over the years, the chronic illness community has got bigger, but it's also a lot closer. Yeah. Yeah, and I do feel like everyone just understands. Like, my social media kind of profile before I had this one was so different, whereas now I just feel like I won't be judged for anything I do. If I put, say even if I just put a story on saying I'm really, really struggling, I'd really appreciate it if someone could give me a message. I know for a fact loads of people message me just because that's what they'll do. And the same yeah. way I saw someone else struggling, I'll message them. I'll If I, if I think they're really struggling, I'll give them a number and say, bring me whenever you want. And I think that's a really good thing about what we've kind of got is we've all got each other, even though we don't actually know each other. We all feel like we do. because it's I love, just, a, I love yeah. a virtual friend. Oh, I love yeah, a cyber yeah. friend. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it is lovely because it's kind of like, you don't know the person well enough, but you know them a lot. But you're then you can kind of divulge and kind of have people there as like therapy as well. Yeah, yeah like you can just say things to people and they actually understand what you mean. Whereas I speak to a lot of people who've got gastroparesis and we kind of like joke about our feeding tubes and I'll just say something to them and they'll just absolutely understand what I mean. And whereas if I spoke to mum and dad about it, they wouldn't get it because they're not going yeah. through it. Just speaking to someone, I, was, I honestly couldn't say it to anyone to, enough. Speaking to someone that actually understands is one of the biggest stress relief and just biggest yeah. therapy ways that you, that you can do. It just helps so much and it helps them as much as it helps you at the same time. So it's kind of like a win-win situation. I definitely feel like when you have any chronic conditions that you have to have a really wicked sense of humor oh, like a God. dark fucked up sense of humor <laughs> like obviously things that aren't particularly pleasant when it's involving like poo or periods yeah. or like anything in that region you kind of have to be a bit filthy yeah and 
it is just part of life. And I was very much like you, like I never, I would never really speak about having endometriosis or all the things that came with it because I think a lot of people don't realise they just kind of see the surface of what you're diagnosed with, but they don't realise all of the 101 things that are affecting your body, your yeah. mind, your appearance, all of these different things. Yeah, it's and, all the different little elements that people don't realise. Yeah, and I think it is really important for anyone who's potentially getting a diagnosis or thinks they may have a condition to realise that, yes, it is it is fucking horrible if you get diagnosed with these things. There are a lot of dark, difficult things, but you can also make a lot of light out of it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like It's taken me a long time to actually kind of just accept the fact that this is it I think that's because for so many years I always going undiagnosed I always feel like you always think you're going to get better and yeah always just as much as it's really really shit and you just kind of think you know what it's all right because I'll get better soon once they give me an answer I'll get better and then they'll just give me like a paracetamol or an antibiotic and I'll be fine um but when it's the grieving process I find yes really difficult to go through but once you've kind of got through that you kind of then lead on to kind of just appreciating the small things and then also kind of just actually making light about some things that aren't funny to other people but they really are to you like me and my boyfriend for example we have the weirdest and when I say weird I mean the strangest conversations that we actually need to kind of like kind of reel in in public you know I love it already I love weird and strange (laughs) like we go out for tea for example and like I said before I vomit everything like every single thing I eat even though I don't I'm still sick it's just the most annoying thing in the world but we still go out for tea because I like food and going out for tea going on a date you know it's just it's just what we do so we'll go out for tea and then say I'm feeling really really full and he wants dessert he'll say to me something like do you want to wait till you're sick before we have dessert or do you want to just order it now and then be sick and I'll be like, uh, I tell you what, I'll be sick first. I'll wait till I'm sick and then we'll order. I don't think I'll be, I don't think I'll be that one until I'm sick. So I can kind of tell. And it wasn't too long ago. It was actually after the first kind of lockdown that we was allowed to do stuff. And we mm. just had that conversation about saying, I'll be sick and then I'll have some dessert. And then it was only, I realised the table sat really close to us. It was all staring at us like, oh my God, what the hell are they talking about? And we just need, we forget what we talk about is so normal to us it's really not to other people but it's just kind of sometimes making light of the facts like I'll vomit out the car window sometimes and he'll laugh at me you know that's just what we have to do if you're not positive about it it, you either go the other way so you just have to make light of things even when they're not funny just to kind of make yourself feel better (laughs) you just got to roll with it really but I know what you mean me and Aaron are the same where We've been out somewhere and I'll be like, I'm literally going to shit myself. I'm like, my fanny's going to drop off. And I'm like, maybe I shouldn't say this in Tesco's. In the but, yeah. um, People in Aldi are looking at me a bit weird. I know, but it just has to be done. And I totally understand what you mean. It's like, this is going to be with you the rest of your life. Yeah. You, you can, I mean, I'm not saying you have to be like, positive Paula every day no it's absolutely fine if you want to cry all day that's fine you just got to do what you need to do and then exactly you've just got to get through so differently like they really do some people you know cry about having a cold for example you know everyone deals with things so differently and either way is fine whatever works for you I just think it's really hard and especially I think because I've had this for so long 
it's kind of like my normal, if that makes sense. Like being sick is yeah. so normal for me. I totally get that, yeah. Um, however, I know for a fact that even if someone, for example, has gastroparesis that isn't half as severe as mine and doesn't have a feeding tube or anything like that, they might struggle with it a hell of a lot more than I do. But that's yeah. fine because everyone struggles with everything so differently. And even if someone has the same condition as someone else and it's exactly the same, they'll still struggle with it differently. And however you find is your way of coping with it, whether it's weird or whether it's crying or whether you make jokes about a situation, either one is fine. You know, whatever gets you through. I think I do a bit of everything. I'm like, um, I'm like, crying in the morning, laughing in the evening. Yeah, I am. I'm like a Russian roulette of emotions sometimes. I'm just, I'm just a very odd person. Um, But I like being odd. But sometimes, like, some days I'm so just miserable. And then other days I'm like, right, Miss is determined and getting on with things. But it's really hard to find a balance. But I think that that's fine because I probably cried about four times yesterday. And then now I'm like, fine. It's just... I'm exactly the same as you, to be honest. I'll probably cry in the morning, I'll be sick in the evening, and then I'll be laughing, but then I'll cry again. Sounds like a Craig David song. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same, though. Like, Beth, I cried the other day because I went and asked Aaron to put the oven on. I was like, oh, we'll have some chips. Yeah. He came out like, we don't have any chips. So I literally I took <laughs> myself off to bed. It was like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I cried. Because <laughs> I don't even think it was like subconsciously about chips. I think I was just yeah. really just fucked off that day, and it is hard. Like it is really difficult, and yeah. I think for people to understand. But if there was anything that you could say to people, I really want you to understand this more about chronic illnesses and autoimmune illnesses. What would it be? What is the one thing you just wish people would just be a bit more understanding about? I I've always said this but one of my main kind of pet peeves and one of the things that really gets to me is that some people don't realize that you can't always see what's going on just by looking at someone and I always think I you know advocate for that so much because I look so healthy from the outside but I'm really far from it and Mm. I just still think that this society still doesn't understand that not all disabilities are visible and that is the one thing that really really gets to me and I think it's really hard for doctors to take you seriously because you look fine I think yeah. it's really hard for the you know the public to understand that you know what even though because I'm not in a, a wheelchair I still need to use that disabled toilet even though yeah. I'm not in a wheelchair or I'm not 90 years old I still need to sit in that priority seat on the train you know just little things like that I just really wish people understood and it's so hard to get them to understand that I am really sick and just because I look young, healthy, fit and well, I'm far from it and it really, really gets to me that. It's frustrating, isn't it? It's like we've been programmed as, well, not just our generation, but generations and generations that if you're smiling, oh, you're you're fine then, you can't be sick, but if you look sick, oh, it's... It's just really fucked up. It's like you can't win either way. It's like if you look okay, well, then you're just pretending you're not really sick. And if you are sick, I'll just pull yourself together. You'll yeah. be okay. Stop yeah. asking for attention. And it's like... It's it's so hard, isn't it? Like, But that is one of the main things that really, really pisses me off so much. And I've been shouted at so many times. Sometimes I need to vomit. It's going to come. I either throw up on Tesco floor 
or mm. I go to the toilet and there's a massive line outside or wherever I am I need to use the toilet and I do I am classed as having multiple disabilities so I am entitled to use it as much as anyone else and yeah. I get so scared if I need to use it just for the fact of the abuse that I might get when I come out and it's happened to me so many times of people shouting at me and it's just not nice that people still have that perception that just because you look fine you are you what know. annoys me the most is like, it's not actually any of their fucking business like do you need to go <laughs> yeah. in that toilet yeah like it's just rude and I I do feel like still we're in the 21st century yeah and people there's have worst attitudes going I know but I still feel like for a lot of chronic illnesses autoimmune illnesses that there isn't enough education about things like when you've been talking about your conditions I don't really know anything about it. And this is why I think Instagram and social media can be so powerful when it's used in the right way. And I've had this conversation so many times with people that it's a great platform for um, people to understand conditions, but in not in a fun way, but in like a way where they can see like the realness, everyday life of people, what people are going through, not just going onto Wikipedia and reading the (laughs) symptoms and reading how you could... Um, get it and things like that yeah. it's actually seeing real life with it and I think it's so important for people to see the good the bad the ugly the yeah. horrible bits because that is the reality of living with conditions is that unfortunately some bits are horrible like some bits are unbearable but I mean everyone might not be the same but for me personally I'm one of those people I want to do it head on I want to know exactly what I'm in for I want to know all the gory bits yeah and and to to be honest with you that is actually the main reason why I started Instagram because I mentioned before for years I took myself off social media because the one thing I couldn't handle was going on Instagram scrolling through my homepage, and just seeing all these people in bikinis all these social influencers all these people that have been on Love Island you know, and I just, I constantly, constantly, constantly was just comparing myself to them and thinking, why can't I live a life like that? Why can't I be healthy like that? And, you know, and I'd see girls my age going out for a drink, going on a night out. And I think, do you know what? Mm. I'm really sick. I can't do that right now. And it just, honestly, it sent me down such a dark path. And the worst thing was growing up when I was so young, like I said, I got sick when I was 12. You couldn't just go on Instagram and you couldn't just go on Facebook and see other people that had gastroparesis and had endometriosis and have yeah. IBS and all this type of stuff. And I think that's the main reason why I started it because I want to be that person that I really needed when I was younger. And yeah. I want to be able to show people that, you know what? Yeah, you've got a feeding tube or yeah, you've got a stoma bag or whatever you've got it's fine you can yeah. get through it and you don't need to look like x y and z that's just come out of love island you don't need to yeah. look like some people having a feeding tube having whatever you've got you are absolutely beautiful the way you are and do not ever think any different and that yeah. was my main reason for doing it you know I still post pictures with no makeup on I do, you know I don't photoshop my pictures like everyone else does you know I just try to be as real as I can and just make like I said be that person that I needed to be when I was younger because it makes such a difference being able to see someone else and think do you know what yeah you can do it you can get through today you're not the only one and it really does make a difference to people just being able to speak to them you know they might have a feeding tube surgery next week and they can say to me do you know what Beth just tell me everything what do I need to know because I really could have done with that when I was younger and I didn't and it yeah. makes a really big difference doesn't it when you can actually speak to someone that has been through it and can tell you all about it rather than sugarcoating it all 
it does. And I think that we owe it to younger generations Absolutely. of not just people, but especially women. And I feel like social media is evolving in the sense where you're totally right. I feel like a few years ago, it was just like reality celebrities and looking a certain way and having a certain lifestyle that was splashed all over Instagram, which isn't really real life or obtainable yeah. for a lot of people. Let's go to Starbucks and take a picture outside Starbucks, holding my iced coffee, looking really, really cute at nine in the morning. You know, it's not about that. <laughs> no, and I think it's evolving in the sense where I now, because I, I had an account before, just like a personal one, and I, I was the same as you. Like, all I'd see was these kind of unobtainable images of people. And I, I came off Instagram and I started my new page. And now... I have a rule for myself that I only follow people that make me laugh, that inspire me, that are kind, that are supportive. And I like following real women who are just being honest about themselves, about their bodies, about their lives, going on their stories. I mean, not everyone doesn't like if they want to wear makeup, fine. Not wearing makeup, just kind of telling real life things, not just highlighting really fake things yeah the thing that they think people want to see when actually they're affecting people's mental health and as much as I do love to see fashion profiles I love to kind of get fashion inspo for other people and follow certain people but there are so many people that do use social media to paint this false life that isn't real and I just think it doesn't help anyone really doesn't so I just don't have the time to do all of that anyway who has the time? Like, honestly, I don't even have time to get dressed most days. You know, I can't have time. I can't I even know, I've, not even had, I've not even had a bath today yet. It's all right. What time is it? It's uh, quarter to eight and I actually have my dressing gown on. I've not took it off all day. It's fine. No, no. You've got to live <laughs> I, your best life. I haven't even put deodorant on. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me, Beth. Um, I've had a lovely time chatting about everything and putting the world to rights. You're welcome. Very welcome. So if anyone has any questions um, about anything that Beth spoke about or I've spoke about, um, please contact me or Beth. When the session is up and live, I will tag Beth in it and you can give her a follow. You can drop her a message. She's very friendly. Um, But also, I'd just like to say at the end of every session that if anyone is unhappy or feels offended by anything we said, that's obviously not our intention. These are our opinions with our experience with it experiences with Dixie I'm losing my uh (laughs) my speech here now um so yeah just get in touch with me or Beth but I hope you all like the session and I'm sure Beth will be back again so thank you very much Beth oh no problem thanks for having me it's been good you're welcome thank you thank you